A wild Wednesday night in the NBA. Portland and Memphis go at it. The Lakers steal, steal a win on their home court behind the heroics of Matt Ryan. The Celtics drop another overtime game to the Cavs, and way more happened in the league. We'll get to it all today on Lockdown NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Thursday, everybody. And welcome into another edition of the Locked On NBA Podcast, talking about the latest and greatest from around the NBA. And what a Wednesday night it was in the league. <laughs> Everybody's playing fantastic games. Some star-studded performances. Of course, Lonnie Walker stealing the show. Uh, it was an awesome night. The Lakers-Pelicans game was fantastic. The Grizzlies-Blazers game was fantastic. Celtics-Cavs, for the second time this season, was fantastic. We've got a lot to get to today. And, of course, it's Thursday. So we'll count them up to wrap up the show. But let's start with the game that ended the night. Overtime in L.A. And we were about to be talking about a very different night for the Lakers <laughs> because this game was 111-108 Pelicans with just seconds to go in the game. Less than two seconds. I forget what it was. One point something. Dyson Daniels gets intentionally fouled with 1.6 seconds to go, and he misses both. LeBron calls a timeout immediately. Lakers get their possession. Austin Reeves throws a perfect cross-court pass the opposite corner. And, of course, who would you expect on the Lakers to step up in the clutch? They've got three household name stars. They have a bunch of signings they made this offseason. And it was Matt Ryan, not the football guy. Matt Ryan, the Lakers <laughs> sharpshooter. Used to be, I believe, a DoorDash delivery guy. Sniper ties the game. What would you think of that moment, Pat? I mean, it's huge, right? Like, it, it's one of those moments where – um, you, you, one, you just feel good for him. Uh, you feel good for him being able to put his team in a position to win that game and, and really just keep him, keep his team in that game at all. Right. And, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's always that guy that you least expect in those moments to knock it down. This will be one of those moments. I think that'll be very memorable, right? Like, especially just in the, in the LeBron era, like this will be the trivia in the bar. Be like, y'all remember that game? <laughs> When that guy, who was that? He also had a football player's name, Matt Ryan. Oh, you're crazy out here. So I, I thought this was a great moment. Um, and it, and it, listen, the game was exciting all the way throughout uh, as they as they battled back and forth. You thought it was all over, and then, no, nah, let's keep it going, man. So I I, I love the moment for him. Um, it's just, it is hilarious, right? Because as I'm listening, I'm just like, Matt Ryan. <laughs> And they had to get him in. They had to get him in. (laughs) He's been one of their best shooters all season. They had to get him in at the end of that game. He hit three on the night. This game was crazy. 15 lead changes in this game. Overtime, the Pelicans just self-inflicted wounds left and right. Gave up a clutch offensive rebound to Patrick Beverly. They had a five-on-three fast break, and Zion just ran at the rim and missed the layup. Like, didn't even look to pass to a teammate. And then one of the two Lakers guys who didn't get back yet, Anthony Davis, gets a wide open dunk. Like, um, Pels fall apart in OT. Only CJ McCollum and Zion even hit a shot uh, in the frame. They get it down to three at the end. Didn't matter. And then they miss with six seconds left. They're only down by three. 
which just worked for the Lakers. They fouled and made it to OT, and the Pelicans just totally forgot that like the game was still happening for some reason. Yeah, basically, and just That's let Anthony Davis end it. I mean, they 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 had this. They literally had this game, and they completely gave it away. You know what, too, and, and listen, it's still early in the season. This is a game where I think this does a lot for the Lakers. I think this does a lot for the Pelicans as well, right? Hey, you got to learn from this. You got to yeah. understand the, in these moments, teams aren't just going to lay down and die. Now, granted, right, like I think the play – I think I'm more critical of the Pelicans in OT than I am the Pelicans in the – throughout the game, right? I mean, they played pretty well for the most part, although when you when you look at the stat line, you're like, did they take 102 shots in this game? Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. 102 shots shots in this game for the wow. new orleans pelicans um but i i i think the thing is right like this is a moment that the pelicans to me can learn from as a team right because of course cj's been in these moments but not a lot of these moments for guys like bi not a lot of these moments for guys like zion williamson right so as the season goes on as the season continues right learn from these moments learn what you need to do especially going into the overtime i thought that this was a great moment for both sides here and for the lakers right i mean it just gives you a little bit more confidence you've got three stars and it seems like they've kind of figured out how to use russell westbrook a little bit better so that he's able to contribute to the game still not giving you the crazy numbers that we're used to from Russell Westbrook but I feel like the Lakers have kind of figured out their formula on using Russ and it's a formula that seems to be working towards helping the Lakers actually win games and then you know Lonnie Walker Lonnie Walker's just Lonnie he's balling wow yeah (laughs) what a night for him I mean it stole the show 28 points yeah the high for both teams huge three to start off overtime he was Fantastic. And he wasn't even signed to be a shooter, right? It's like they needed an athletic wing, and he was that. And he hit five. He hit half of the Lakers' threes yeah. in this game for a team that's desperate for shooting. He was huge. Yeah, I agree with you. Big game for both teams, right? Lakers need wins <laughs> so bad. Uh, and the Pelicans, who have, you know, they start Najee Marshall in this game, Trey Murphy, Zion, like you said, Dyson Daniels, who missed the two free throws down the yeah. stretch. Jackson Hayes is playing. Like they've got young guys everywhere, like being in these games in primetime in LA. It's still a learning moment. Even if you lose, it will be helpful for them, but I'm sure they would have liked to win. Speaking of winning, the Cavs lost on opening night, and they're undefeated since that game. They also won an overtime, which is why we're going to do that game second. Uh, Pat, the Cavs are legit. <laughs> the Cavs look great. Darius Garland is back his first game since getting poked in the eye or booped in the eye yep. uh, in their first game. No goggles. He was supposed to be on a minute restriction. He played 42 minutes, they said, after that. 29 <laughs> points and 12 assists for Garland. And, oh, by the way, they also have Donovan Mitchell, who had 25 points and six assists. Uh, the first full game with that backcourt looks pretty successful as they take down Boston in overtime. I will say this. I have been somebody who has been on Lockdown NBA, who has been on my own platform, who has been on Lockdown <laughs> Bulls, and I have said that I did not think – that the Cavs would gel nearly as quickly. Now, I also will stand on the fact that I said that they will be incredibly inefficient shooting the basketball, and they are. But <laughs> they are absolutely a threat in the Eastern Conference. I get, I tip my hat to the Cavs. Donovan Mitchell, uh, 25 points tonight. Darius Garland, 29 points tonight. And I think the good thing about this team, and maybe the thing that we've never seen really with Donovan Mitchell is, while Donovan Mitchell is still – incredibly inefficient 11 for 27 three for nine from the three-point line it's about him being inefficient at times when Darius Garland is being really really efficient and when Darius Garland had his inefficiencies Donovan Mitchell was kind of able to pick up that slack there that's something that neither of those guys have really had to this point 
Uh, and I mean, listen, when, when they're hot, when they're able to knock down that three ball, they are absolutely a dangerous team. You saw them run off a string of threes. I think four of them back to back between the two of them. And then when all else breaks down, if we miss, there's 17 guys down there to play for us that are all <laughs> six, 10 and up, or at least that's how it feels when you're watching the game. I, I mean, their interior presence, what they've been able to do. I will take back what I am said when I am wrong. I am wrong. The Cavs are absolutely a legitimate threat in this Eastern Conference, and they look to be a really scary team. Yeah, Evan Mobley has go-go gadget arms, so any miss that's near him, he, he like puts his arm up, and then it gets longer somehow, like after he extends it. It doesn't make sense. So he just eats alive these rebounds. Yeah. On the inside. He only had seven, but he just looks enormous. He he was a plus 15. He was unbelievable in this game. And Jared Allen had a 14 and 14, right? Like, that's how this Cavs team is so good is they have awesome guards and awesome bigs. They're, they're not strong on the wing, and they still find a way to win because they have you know good, good play at those two positions and yeah. a good clutch gene for this game. And their starting five was just fantastic. They only had 16 bench points, and they beat yeah. this team. Weird game, right? Like, Celtics have more rebounds. They have uh, only 14 turnovers in an overtime game. They only missed one free throw all night, and they lose because the Cavs got more offensive rebounds, uh, won the turnover battle, and and even though the Cavs shot kind of poorly from deep, that they, they were just better and fundamental. They're a good team, the Cavs. Yeah, I, I think you pointed out the one thing that I might say could possibly be an inefficiency for them. Um, when you start to look at this bench unit, right, like just – if it's on, it's on, and I think defensively this bench can come do some things. If Kevin Love comes in and he's knocking down a ton of shots for you, you feel good about where this bench is. But when it's off, it is a little bit concerning, and you have to run your starters to death. This looked like a Tom Thibodeau game plan, by the way. Another Thibs mentioned in there for you guys. Uh, this looked like a Tom Thibodeau game plan tonight with Karis LeVert, 46 minutes. Donovan Mitchell, 44. Darius Garland, 42. Jared Allen, 36. Evan Mobley played the fewest out of any starter tonight with 32 minutes. That's a lot of wear and tear on your body. And I get it, right? Like, this is a game that went into double overtime. It, it, it plays – or, I'm sorry, it went into overtime. It plays a, a big difference in the minutes and stuff like that. But, I mean, you, you look at these guys, right? The only guy on your bench to play more than 15 minutes is Dean Wade. It's not a it's not a recipe for long term success throughout the season. I think you could see some of these guys get gas. So that would be the one thing if I'm the Cavs that I would focus in on. On Boston side, like I I you, you lost a tough game. <laughs> Boston still looks really good. <laughs> they do. Tatum and and Brown were good as usual. Brogdon was really good off the bench. Like their recipe is the same as it was when they beat the Sixers on opening night, as it is yeah. now. You know, they just kind of, to me, with the Celtics, and they have a they have a lot of reliable role players. They just need, like, one or two every night to step up, and they'll win. Like, because their stars have been consistent and good, and their new coach hasn't missed a beat from their old coach, and they added Malcolm Brogdon. Like, they just need one or two to step up. And in this game, they got, like, one-ish. Like, Brogdon was fantastic, and they needed a little more help elsewhere from, you know, an Al Horford, a Derek White, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they'll be fine. Both of these teams are awesome, uh, and it's always a blast when – 
Uh, the Cavs and Celtics are becoming a rivalry. They've both been, they've played two overtime games in the span of a week. So six uh, and one and four and three. I'm, I'm not mad at it. The Eastern Conference is a literal heavyweight match from like the seventies, yeah. where it's just like and the Nets right, aren't we- even in the match, and it's still a crazy. <laughs> crazy the, the Brooklyn Nets that got beat by the Chicago Bulls, and oh no, y'all fell short. Never mind, my bad. They won once. They played the Nets twice. Uh, the Pacers won once. I don't know if I introduced this at the beginning of the show because I was reading my notes, but uh, I'm the Tony East, the host of Locked On Pacers, and he's Pat, the designer, the host of Locked On Bulls, and we'll talk about the Bulls in the next segment as well as several other big games from around the league tonight. Before we do that, though, let me talk to you guys about prize picks. You could take Luka Doncic to score more or less than 26.5 points. LeBron to exceed his rebounding numbers. KD to throw some dimes. Or whatever you want on prize picks. They've got all these lines for you. It's super easy to play. You just pick a player, pick the line. Well, they have more or less points, more or less assists. If you think they will, you just pick it. Super easy to play. You pick two to five guys every night. Will they score more or less? You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people, which is my favorite part. There can be people doing all this research and stuff in other DFS formats that are so much harder to beat. In prize picks, it's just you versus projections, you versus the computer. Much more simple. You can do any sport, NBA, NFL, MLB, whatever you love. They've got college sports as well. And entries can be made in a minute or less. So it's super easy. It's safe. They have fast withdrawals. And it's in over 30 states as well as Canada. Download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com and sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. You put 100 in, you get 100. You put in 50, you get 50. You know how numbers work. Go try it out. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKDOWN and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Welcome back into Locked On NBA. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. They were just talking about the Brooklyn Nets, who we will talk about in the third segment because they are the story of the NBA right now. But we're not talking about them right now. We're talking about the games from last night. <laughs> Starting with, next, the guy who normally hosts this show, hosts Locked On Mavs, Nick Angst, that the Mavs beat apparently the best team in the NBA, the Utah Jazz. Uh, they beat them. <laughs> the Jazz keep winning, and they keep even in the games they lose, they're right there. They had a chance to tie this one at the buzzer, and Jordan Clarkson took a shot. And from the same spot, Matt Ryan took his uh, game-tying three. Jordan Clarkson's not going. It didn't even go close um, to going in in this case. And the Mavs end up winning. Reggie Bullock hitting the clutch shot for his only make of the game to get the Mavs this win. It was a strange ending in terms of scoring, but the Mavs is an impressive win. Beating the Jazz right now is tough, and – uh, every time you look at the Mavs and the way they win and the stats, it's always the same thing. Everybody has like a game you expect, and then Luca has uh, 400 points, 68 <laughs> rebounds, and, and 37 assists, and they win by five. It's like, you know, it's hard for me to ignore his stats at some point where it's like MVP-level stats, but he has to do this for the Mavs to win a lot of the time. It's crazy the way they're playing. But Christian Wood also stepped up in this game, so he did get more help than he has in a couple others. 
Yeah, you got Luka Doncic, you got Christian Wood, you got Spencer Dinwiddie who who chipped in, and I, I think this is the thing. This is the re- Mavs recipe for success here, right? Like you would like to see a little bit more off of your bench, right? You'd like to see more from Tim Hardaway Jr. He's one for nine tonight. You got to knock in some shots. Um, you would like to see maybe. I, I think you pre- pretty much got a, jo- a Dwight Powell game tonight. Uh, nine and five out of Dwight Powell, but <laughs> you know I, I'm okay with that. But um. I think the thing is, right, like this is the consistent thing that we want to see and how consistent are we going to see it. If Luca, Spencer, and Christian Wood can be the focal point of this team and you can just get a little bit, right? And, and weirdly enough, that's the one thing the Mavs are actually pretty good at, just finding those little sprinkles of guys that you can put out there. I think that you can do a lot with this Mavs team. Of course, Luka Doncic is going to be dominant, but when you add a guy like Christian Wood who's not only giving you 21 points but also giving you big uh, 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 rebounding numbers, giving you uh, ni- pretty nice defensive numbers overall to start this season. I think that you've got some nice pieces here on this Mavs team. And, I, I mean, listen, whenever you've got a Luka Doncic on your team, you know that you've got a shot to go a long way in the playoffs. And, and I think this Mavs team is going to go a long way yet again in the Western Conference. I can't believe it. Uh, two weeks into the season, I'm talking about beating the Jazz is an impressive win. But congrats to the Jazz for reaching that point. Their front court is seems so annoying to play against uh, on a nightly basis. Let's go to the the mo- one of the most fun games of the night: uh, Grizzlies Blazers. Yes. No Dame. Blazers still made it interesting because Anthony Simons can f and ball. Uh, he had some huge threes to keep this game close. Um, but I, I believe it was Mike Richmond who hosts Locked On Blazers. We talked about this on Locked On NBA last week. Apparently, Desmond Bain is Ray Allen, and he has played like him this season. He was fantastic, 29 points in this game. Came up very clutch, got to the free throw line, assist, rebounds. He did it all. Um, the Grizzlies are just a machine. They just find ways to win, and the Blazers without Dame are still playing pretty well. So I think both teams will kind of be happy with the way this one shook out. Grizzlies end up winning 5-5 down the stretch. Yeah, I thought that the 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 Grizzlies just I mean they've they've just got a little bit more. The Blazers have enough to make it so so interesting. You saw Jeremy Grant down the stretch knocking down the three point and one, making this game so close. But I just feel like right, like when you look at this Blazers team as a whole, you're looking for that guy that you're like, yeah, that's the guy that's gonna get the stop. That's the guy that's going to change the tide. That's the guy that's going to stand and he's going to shut down or he's, he's going to get the stop on Jai. He's going to get the stop on Desmond Bain. And you just don't see that guy on this Blazers team. I think it's a team that you can feel good about and see what they're kind of building and be like, okay, I can see this working out in a couple of years. But it's, I, I just feel like right now, especially without Dane, like, I mean, in a game like this, if you get this out of Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant played great, Nurkic played great tonight. In a game like this, if you just add Dame, they probably win this pretty well. Yeah, handily. Yeah, yeah. Shaden Sharp was the other starting guard. He not, you know, he was bad. Like he was bad. He had two points, and he's not a good defender right now. Like he just wasn't that good. Yeah. So yeah, if they have Dame, they they clearly win to me. And Sharp's very promising. He just didn't have it tonight. He's rookies. That happened. So um, yeah, impressive game from both teams. I mean, the the Grizzlies draft so well and find these young guys that can contribute for them and get everything from their bench. All their guys play their role perfectly. They're, they're just so tough. They're just so tough to beat, and John Morant really makes them go. So I encourage you now for both teams, which is so weird to say if you're the Blazers and you lose, but you know the game they got from Jeremy Grant and Simons, they'll be happy with. Uh, you cover the Bulls for Locked On Bulls. Bulls played tonight and kicked some butt. Every time I feel like I'm checking in on the Bulls, 
They're blowing a game. No, they're still winning, but they're blowing a big lead, and they barely scrape <laughs> on to win. This time, the opposite. Kind of closer in the third quarter, and the Bulls ran away with it. Tell me what happened. Uh, I mean, listen, Zach Levine and uh, DeMar DeRozan combined for uh, basically nothing tonight. Nikola Vucevic rolls out of bed and gets you a double-double, but he played pretty <laughs> mid. But when you look at the Chicago Bulls bench, ladies and gentlemen, 49 points off wow. of the bench versus the Charlotte Hornets. Absolutely dominant performance from the Bulls bench. And it's it's one of those where you look at it and you say, okay, listen, we got to start looking at this bench and say, are they better than maybe what we think they are? This is why the Bulls are going to be competitive this season. I think that it's why the Bulls can do a lot, turn a lot of heads and surprise a lot of people who didn't think they were going to be well because this bench unit really goes deep. You got Alex Caruso. Um, you're, you're going no Andre Drummond tonight and still being able to put up these numbers, right? I mean, there's just so many guys that you can look at off of this bench that are able to give you Javante green had a big night for you tonight, able to knock down the three ball for you. And then when you add on top of that, the one time and all of a sudden, right? Like bulls fans getting a little excitement, feeling a little, little, little fire in our belly, because I think Patrick Williams is starting to feel a little fire in his belly. Our fourth overall pick from a few years ago, finally starting to look like, Hey, um, when I want to go to the bucket, there's not a lot of people that can stop me. And that's what you saw tonight. I, for the first time in Patrick Williams' career tonight, he looked like the most dominant player on the basketball court. And I've never said that about him since I've known that he existed. So, I mean, it, it, it's promising to see. It's a game the Bulls were supposed to win. Charlotte basically is out there running nobody on the court. They've got Dennis Smith Jr., who I hope is going to be able to come back, but no LaMelo Ball. Um, Gordon Hayward is a shell of the Gordon Hayward that we once knew. And with the Bulls' defensive uh, ability this season, you knew that they were going to be able to get this win. So, I, I But the bench really stood out. Uh, shout out to Goran Dragic. You talk about guys rolling out of bed and producing. That dude's been doing it for 15 years at this yeah. point. I mean, basically yeah. outside of last season where he had a slump to start with the Nets, he just, he's the, been great. The dragon's breathing fire. The dragon's breathing fire. <laughs> the dragon was breathing fire. Good stuff from the Bulls who have had a nice start to the season. Rapid fire two games really quick. Uh, one, Trey Young in the garden. Always fun. Uh, it didn't look like this one was going to be very fun because the Knicks were winning my 23 points in the second quarter, and they lost. Uh, but they lost by double digits. They, this game had huge swing as the biggest lead for the Knicks was 23 and the biggest lead for the Hawks was 19. Massive second-half dominance from this Hawks team. 13 in the second half alone for DeJounte Murray, 12 for DeAndre Hunter. And the Knicks in the second half scored 34 points in a half. An entire half of basketball, uh, that's an epic collapse. Trey Young seems to just somehow win in the garden, even when he isn't particularly good. And the other rapid-fire one I want to talk about, because this is a good segue to our final segment, the Wizards beat the Sixers on the road. No Joel Embiid, obviously not that crazy of a result, but quietly two things are happening. One, uh, the Sixers lost another game. They've lost some early games that I think they would like to have won. And two, the Wizards' defense is pretty dang good. Remember, it's remember, 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 everybody, or remember a uh, uh, host of Locked On Raptors clowning me for picking them in our in our <laughs> little draft. Thing. I remember that. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Credit to Wes Unsell Jr. for all the problems the Wizards have and the spot they're in is kind of awkward. They're defending pretty well, and they yeah. they defended the Phillies, this Philly team. I mean, Maxi and Harden went off, and no one else did much of anything. So 
Credit to the Wizards, and we will talk about the Sixers and their place in the NBA standings in the next segment because it is Thursday, which means it's time to come up. I don't have the little whisk back, but we'll count get it. to it count to it close out today's count Lockdown. It. Count it. Thanks, everybody, for making Lockdown NBA your first listen today and every single day. Check out Lockdown Sports today for your second listen for the latest news from around the sporting world from your local hosts of the Lockdown Podcast Network, wherever you get podcasts or on YouTube, wherever you're listening to this right now. I'm sure you can find Lockdown Sports today. Count them up. It's Thursday. I can't do the soundboard. I'm not Nick Gangstead, who normally hosts this day, but I can count them up as we cover some newsy stuff around the NBA and give our take on it. Um, and, of course, that has to start with the Brooklyn Nets because, uh, wow. Um, they are going to hire Ime Udoka to be their head coach per, per a bunch of reports. Uh, there, That is a, for lack of a better term, it's, it, it's a shit show uh, in Brooklyn right now. Um, they need Ben Simmons to be good and not afraid of looking at the rim. They need their star point guard to not be sharing anti-Semitic things on the internet. And then they fire their coach and hire a guy who just got suspended for an improper workplace relationship per the reporting. Um, yikes. That is all a mess. Uh, but Ime Udoka did coach well last year, I guess he was tight with KD on team USA. So PR stuff aside, which is impossibly weird to say, can he make them good? Can he make them a top six level playoff team? They are, Two and six right now. They are the worst defense in the NBA. I by am mine. It's it's not even close. Um, I'm Odoka won't fix that. They don't have defenders on this team. That that's that's the bottom line with them. They don't have defense. TJ Warren. I keep hearing when TJ Warren comes back, what's TJ Warren going to do? Play one on five? There's no defenders on this team. They are poorly put together. They are poorly built. They need to add pieces around them. They thought Ben Simmons was going to be this focal point piece on the defensive end that you could pair in with uh, TJ Warren. Maybe that ends up working itself out. Maybe Ime comes in. But even then, right, you're still playing two on five. There are not enough defenders on this team for you to even think that the Brooklyn Nets. Now, listen, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, right, both basically averaging 30-plus points a game and scoring 30-plus points a game, except when they played the Bulls. Uh... (laughs) I mean, like, you you basically have to think that this team's probably still going to be good enough to find their way into a playoff battle, especially adding in a coach that knows what he's doing in Ime Odoka, who basically, I mean, Steve Nash essentially just was kind of out there with the best seats on the floor. But there's there's no hope for me with the Brooklyn Nets actually being a threat to anything in the Eastern Conference. Maybe they'll play better. I don't want to pretend that they will or won't. Their defense looks atrocious. I just think they have so much just crap going on off the court that it's impossible to focus on a day-to-day basketball level. And it's all awful things that the Nets need to address uh, more publicly. And even if Udoka can come in and coach fantastically, um, I think they have too much crap <laughs> to get over for it to be possible uh nick friedel and zach loaded a podcast talking about the nets that i think is very good that i would recommend other people to listen to but when talking about ben simmons the big problem is like what made him such a good defender is he shut down guards and they're like now nah, guard centers for us and like that 
It's not going to work. Uh, maybe Udoka can change that, but they have been stylistically uh, quite poor. So we'll move on from the Nets. You can hear about the Nets on every other podcast on planet Earth. Um, the Sixers. We just talked about them losing at home to the Wizards. The Sixers are now 4-5, and five, under 500. Are they going to not get home court? Count them up over, under, four and a half. the seed for the Sixers this early in the season. I'm, I'm still going to take the over because I think Joel Embiid is that good. I also think that Joel Embiid is playing with a little bit of injury right now. We see that they uh, he didn't play tonight. We know that they that he's been very up and down this season and I think if he can find time to kind of sit out and get himself healthy, maybe maybe just kind of doing the Zach Levine Kawhi Leonard game plan right play when you got to not every night. I and mean, it's kind of the plan that they're trying to use with him just to get him that rest in there that maybe in those situations, right, you still find your way over. I just really, really, really believe in Joel Embiid. I think that even though I think I might have to hate Joel Embiid now because of how he keeps beating the Chicago Bulls <laughs> and, like, posting Aaron Rodgers quotes. and Like, I think I need to hate Joel Embiid. But I don't think that, again, like, the we just talked about Brooklyn and Philly. Or we just talked about Brooklyn. Like, they swapped and just kind of, like, messed each other's rosters up. And didn't do anything to fix it. P.J. Tucker doesn't fix anything. <laughs> There's no one on. You've got three dudes that can score on this team. And for some reason, James Harden hates Tobias Harris and only gives him the basketball in the corner. So I don't know what this Philly team is outside of Maxi Harden, and, uh, and Embiid. But I'll still take the over because, like I said, I think Embiid's that level of player. I asked the first question wrong because it's count them up. It was supposed to be uh, over under six and a half seed for the Nets. And we both are going to go under there. For the yeah, Sixers, I will say over, over, though. I think they'll reach home court because they haven't beat. And James Harden looks better. I I, I don't agree with the people who say he looks like old James Harden because that dude no. was, like, unstoppable. But he looks better than last year, certainly. Uh, and they still have Joel Embiid. And, yeah, Maxie's really good. Like, everybody's in the right role. Their new additions haven't done as much as people thought. But I still think they will end up being – a good basketball team that are off to a slow. They're merging together. They've lost to some good teams. No panic from me, but they are four and five, uh, which is noteworthy after this loss. Last one. Count them up. The only undefeated team in the NBA, Pat, is the Milwaukee Bucks. They won tonight. Um, They completely destroyed the Pistons at home. And their next six games is Minnesota, OKC, Atlanta, OKC, San Antonio, Atlanta. Over under 13 game win streak for the Milwaukee Bucks to start this season. After that stretch, they play Cleveland, Philly, Portland, Chicago, Cleveland again, Dallas. It gets tough after that, but 13. Will the Bucks make it to a 13 game win streak to start this season? Chris Middleton assigned to the G League. He it, might be back soon. It, it's I don't know. That, it's that it, they can beat everybody else. Nobody mm-hmm. else has anything that can even remotely slow them down, in my opinion. That Minnesota game might be interesting, though. Yeah. That Minnesota game might be a little bit interesting. But I'm, you know what? I'm going to say another team that is just like, good Lord, are the Bulls ever going to win? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to say that they do get the 13-0. and 0. 
Um, because when you look at like just top performers on this team, it's like Drew Holiday is the only guy that passes the ball, and just every other stat is Giannis. <laughs> he yeah, they, he they, is that level of play. He is on both ends. Like their defensive buy-ins have been crazy. They snuck past the Sixers in their opening night game. And the, earlier this week on Halloween, they played the Pistons, and Detroit played pretty well. It was a two-point game. Their other five games, not not even close games. Like, they are destroying people. They aren't winning. They're destroying people. And so I think they match up well enough with Atlanta that I just think four of those games are, like, almost uh, really easy for them. That, I agree with you that – or five of those games, excuse me, yeah. are pretty easy for them. So Minnesota's the one that maybe could flip it because, you know, something that makes the Bucks really good is they're huge. And the Timberwolves' whole kind of shtick, for lack of a better term, this year is they're also huge. Um, so maybe that one could be the one that breaks it, but it's it's pretty popular. Active middle. We're going to be a fifth of the way through the season. I still won't have lost. They look awesome. Giannis is awesome. If they keep this, it's not going to be worthy MVP discussions. Although him versus Luca is going to be certainly a fun debate this season. But I think they could get thirteen. I'm going to go yes because of the schedule. I agree. Best defensive rating in the NBA, by the way. A 101.9 right now. <laughs> I forget <laughs> who I heard talking about this on another podcast, but you know, a lot of players take on the defensive energy and effort of the team's leader and best player. Yeah. And Giannis just works his butt off on defense. Like it, it, It's infectious. Giannis is scary on defense. Like When you think you've got a clean layup and some dude jumps from the free throw line and takes it out of the air, like that's that's just – you can't beat that. And then right. Bobby Portis is just staring at you from the other side. The, the, the Bucs are a scary defensive team. I'm, I believe they're still my team. I haven't seen anybody that I think will slow them down. But, again, right, like their tough stretch kind of comes up here. So we'll kind of see what they look like versus that. But – I, they're still my pick to go back to the NBA Finals. Yeah, they were mine as well. Uh, it's hard for me to pick anyone else. It seems like all the other teams had something change for them that makes me think they'd be a little worse. That was at the top of the East, except for the Bucks. Except for the Bucks. They look great. Um, they look awesome. They're 7-0. I think they're going to be – I mean, they're obviously the only undefeated team, and I think that could last for another two weeks. Impressive stuff from Milwaukee. Giannis. <laughs> so, first, first month of the season – just wins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Golden State did that that one year when they won a bajillion games in a row with KD oh, to start the season. But man. we don't see. I mean, you don't see even seven to start the season is a lot of wins in a row. Like this is very impressive because everybody's trying at the beginning of the year. You know, you get to the middle of the season and teams stop trying. Like everyone is trying right now, and they're still just kicking butt. Here's a surprise counted up. At what point in the season do we start being on seventy four and uh, and eight watch? When do we get? Wow. wow. When do we get to the seventy four um, and eight watch? Well, I, I'm a math geeky guy, so I kind of be like, if they get to 20 games, a fourth of the season, and they only have two losses, you got to start thinking about <laughs> it, right? Because then, in theory, they're on pace for it. I don't think they're that talented, but they are winning that much. So, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I guess. Is I, that a kind I say, of I say that. And, I say that, and this is where the streak comes in. They lose every one of these next five games. <laughs> they, get, they lose to OKC twice, though. Yeah, in our it's on us. Then, yeah, then we're to blame. Good. Credit to the Thunder. They don't look embarrassing this season. Uh, I, I have no surprise counted-ups for you, Pat. Uh, everybody, Pat is on Twitter. Can be followed at Pat the Designer. And, of course, for more on the team, he covers Locked on Bulls. Bulls having a nice start to the season. I'm Tony East from Locked on Pacers, who are spunky, but not necessarily having a nice start to the season at 3-5. and five. Tomorrow, Wes 
go, excuse me, um, Adam Mares and someone else, because normal host Wes Goldberg getting married. Congrats to Wes Goldberg. I uh, will be your Friday Locked On NBA host. Till then, everybody, have a great day.